Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. For the word shall bring it on standing for the reading of god's word if you're able today i'm warning you honey i feel like preaching don and i took a few days off and it's good to be home we were in the red rocks of sedona we did a lot of hiking we hiked the popeyes we hiked no i'm kidding with you but we had a great time i believe that the lord has spoken to me with a word did anybody come to get a word today you're so precious to me. In these perplexing times, times that we've never seen before, I want you to imagine life without Jesus. I don't think I could. I simply cannot. How many of you could say, Pastor, I need Jesus all the time, but especially in these times? When physicians are seeking vaccines and politicians are seeking votes, we need Jesus more than anything else. How many of you know that America will not be healed by the electing of a president, but by the crowning of a king? We need a king. How many of you know King Jesus can heal it all? And I was up very early uh, in uh, Arizona where we took our vacation. I was up 5, 5.30 most mornings sitting outside, and God was just giving me a download. So I really feel like God's going to speak to us. We're in a season of healing, precious, and we've been praying. We're going to pray this Wednesday night at 7. How many of you believe that God can heal America? Do you believe it? I, I believe that he can. I'm, who's tired of COVID-19? I'm tired of even talking about it. So we're just believing. You by at home, let's get ready. God's going to speak to you as we go into the Word. Numbers 15, Numbers 15, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Throughout the generations to come, you must make tassels for the hems of your clothing and attach it with a blue cord. Bring this up. It says, when you see the tassels, you will remember and obey all the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires and defiling yourselves as you're prone to do. The tassels will help you remember that you must obey all my commandments and be holy to your God. Now, what's being described here is the prayer shawl. And so I'm going to put this prayer shawl on, and I'm going to preach with my prayer shawl that I got from my most favorite place in the world, Israel. How many of y'all ready to hear a little bit of word with a preacher with a prayer shawl on? Come on. Now, Malachi says this. The Lord Almighty says that the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace, the arrogant and the wicked, will be burned up like straw on that day. Tell your neighbor, that's not me. Hallelujah. They will be consumed like a tree, roots and all. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Oh, that's good news right there. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to the pasture. Look at verse 2. The son of righteousness will rise 
with healing in his wings. I'm going to preach with my prayer shawl today and do some teaching, and I want to talk about healing in his wings. Who wants the Lord to rise with healing in his wings in your life? Just slip up your hands. Father, release anointing and revelation. Teach your people through your word. Use me as your servant. Thank you that you're a healer in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord an ovation of praise. Okay, precious, you can be seated. You at home, I'm ready for you today. See, God knows his people, and he knows that we are visual learners. So he gives uh, this Jews something that we call a prayer shawl. This prayer shawl, this is actually one that I got in my favorite place in Jerusalem in Israel. And today I want to preach to you using my prayer shawl because the prayer shawl is an object lesson. It's a visual lesson. And the prayer shawl is called the talith, and it's still used in all major Jewish occasions and circumcisions and bar mitzvahs and weddings and even as a shroud for burial that when someone dies, they're wrapped in their prayer shawl. It inspired the Jewish flags, and in biblical times, many Jews would wear their prayer shawls all the time, and even today, Orthodox Jews wear their prayer shawl underneath their clothes. Now, it's called a talith in Hebrew. Somebody say talith. Come on, we're going to go a little bit deep, but hang with me. I got a word for you today. Talith is actually two Hebrew words, tell meaning tent and eth meaning little. So what the Jews would do every time that they pray, even today, with their prayer shawl, they take their prayer shawl and they pull it over their head. And it becomes their own little tent, their own little tabernacle, their own little place to meet with God. It's just like the first tabernacle that was built was actually not brick and mortar. It was a tent. So the Jews had their own little tent, and when they pull that prayer shawl over their head, they are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, and they spend time with Jehovah. Now, the thing about this prayer shawl, it's very valuable to the Jewish people. It even protects the scrolls, the Word of God. Whenever they're going to move what they call the Torah, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. It would be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's the initial revelation from God's Word. And any time the Jewish people are going to move the Torah, they wrap it up in their prayer shawl, in their talif. Now, the Bible said that they were to put tassels on this prayer shawl. They were to put tassels uh, on their on their talif. And, and these tassels are called zitzits. They're on the, the, the borders or the corners of the kanaf or the corners of the prayer shawl. And I want you to understand that this entire prayer shawl is an object lesson that points us to God's Word. It points us to Christ Jesus. It points us to faith. Now, the first thing I want you to know about the prayer shawl is there are five knots in, that are tied in this prayer shawl. One, two, three, four, five. Five knots. And, and it reminds the Jewish people of the Torah. It reminds them of their Bible. They believe they, Jewish men can actually quote the first five books of the 
Bible. So it reminds them that when they pray, they're to pray the word of God. When they start to pray, when they pull that prayer shawl over their head, it reminds them of the commandments of the Lord, and it reminds them of the promises of the Lord. Now, there are amazing and beautiful things that come. The imagery, imagery is awesome, and the revelation that points us to Jesus, it points us to his word. But understand, it, it came alive to me that when Jews pull this prayer shawl over their head and they start to pray and they touch those five knots, they're reminding themselves of God's word. They're reminding themselves that God does not lie and that he's faithful to his word. So when you and I pray, what we need to do is pray God's word. When we begin to call out to God, we need to pray his word. When you pray the word of God, it's powerful because it blesses God and it puts you in agreement with what God has already said. So when you start to pray, don't just pray your opinion, pray his word. Don't just pray your problem. Do what the Jewish people do. They hold this tassel and they turn it over and over again in their in their hands and they pray the word they declare the word of God as they pray they remind themselves that God's word is true so what I want you to do is not just pray your problem not just pray your opinion not just pray your issue but pray the word you say well pastor I've been in a time of fear I've been in a time where the enemy has been trying to overcome me with anxiety and worry what should I do when you pray begin to pray God word, Philippians 4, 7, I'm not going to be overcome with fear because the peace of God that passes all understanding, it fills my heart and my mind. So you begin to declare peace. You begin to declare the word. In times when you're worried about sickness, when the enemy is trying to make you feel like you're going to die, you're going to get COVID, you won't survive, what do you do? You pray the word. You begin to declare, Lord, I thank you that according to 3 John 1 and 2, I will prosper and be in health even as my soul prosper. Something happens when you pray the word, when your children are going crazy, when family members are not serving God, when, when people you have prayed for and there you are close to and they are your blood, but they're not living for the Lord. You begin to pray the word and you say, God, just like those Jews, they take that tassel and they roll it around in their hand and you remind the Lord, Lord, your word says in Joshua 24, as for me and my house, we will, come on somebody, Body, serve the Lord. Pray the word. When the devil comes against you and makes you think he's going to overcome you and get the best of you, when you're praying, pray the word and say, devil, I remind you that according to Matthew 18, 18, whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So you don't pray your opinion. You don't pray your feelings. You don't even pray your circumstances. You pray the word. And when you pray the word, things change. And when you pray the word, you get in agreement with what God has already said. See, the Jews have got something here because they put that, that prayer shawl over their head and they pray <laughs> the word. Anybody going to pray the word and watch the word work? Make a little noise if you're ready to pray the word. Now, watch this. Five knots, but four spaces between those knots. One, two, three, four. Now, this is powerful to me because to Jewish people, that points them to the name Yahweh. Now, when we pray, 
uh, we pray in the name of Jesus, but they pray to Yahweh. We spell the name Yahweh, Y-A-H-W-E-H. Now, to them, the name Yahweh is so holy that they won't even say the name Yahweh. They won't, even they won't even write the name Yahweh. In fact, the way that they write the name Yahweh is they remove all the vowels, and they actually, because they believe the name is so holy, they spell the name Y-W. They spell the name Y-W-H. They spell the name Yahweh differently. They spell it Y-H-W-H. Now, this is powerful because that name is so precious to them. Now, now hear me. Hebrew scholar and Yale professor Dr. Harold Bloom wrote a book in 2005, and I was perusing it this week. It was called Yahweh and Jesus, Names Divine. So the Jewish people pull that garment, that prayer shawl over their head, and they begin to pray the name of Yahweh. This man, Dr. Harold Bloom, this Hebrew scholar, he made a statement that was amazing to me. He said, Jewish people don't ask for belief. They ask for something called imanah. Imanah is this. It means to trust in the name of God. It means to trust in the power of God. So when they pray, they are trusting in the name of Yahweh. They are trusting in the name of God. They are trusting in the Word. Of God. All four spaces remind them of the name of Yahweh. You say, Well, Pastor, do we pray in the name of Yahweh? No. Jesus is the fulfilled covenant. So we don't pray in the name of Yahweh. We pray in the name of Jesus. Mm. We, we make our prayers powerful because we pray our prayers in the name of Jesus. See, you really have not prayed in power until you pray and trust in the covenant-keeping name of Jesus. Something happens when you pray in the name of Jesus. I remember a few years ago, I went to an event, and they told me, we want you to pray, but pray a very universal prayer. We would appreciate it if you would wouldn't pray in the name of Jesus. Just pray to the God of the universe. And I told them, I said, with respect, I have not prayed until I pray in the name of Jesus. So if you want me to pray, understand that I'm about to pray in the name of Jesus. <laughs> because something happens when you pray in the name of Jesus. Over and over again, we read in the scripture where he said, Jesus said, pray in my name. The Bible said pray in Jesus' name. The Bible says pray in his name. See, if you study your Bible in Luke, the devils are powerless because of the name of Jesus. In Mark, demons are cast out because of the name of Jesus. Study your Bible. Healing occurs in the name of Jesus. Salvation comes in the name of Jesus. We are to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Paul said we are justified in the name of Jesus. In fact, Paul told the Colossian church, everything you do and everything you say should be done in the name of Jesus. When I, when I get Jesus involved, everything changes. When 
When I get Jesus involved, I'm praying with power. When I get Jesus involved, I've got access to Yahweh. When I get Jesus involved, suddenly there's Adonai, there's El Shaddai, there's Yahweh Rapha, there's Jehovah Jireh. When I get Jesus involved, I'm praying. The Bible said in Philippians that that is a name that is highly exalted. He's given him a name that is above how many names? How many names? It's above cancer. It's above divorce. It's above rebellion. It's above COVID-19. He got a name that is above Democrat. It is above Republican. It is above any, oh, come on somebody. He got a name that is above governor. It is above senator. It is above president. There is a name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess something happens when you pray the word and when you pray it in the name of Jesus come on and give the Lord a praise in here ready watch now you got five knots reminding you of the word the Torah four spaces reminding you of the name my God before I keep preaching Give God a praise for what you've already learned. That there's power in his word. And there's power in his name. Now here's where it gets even deeper. Who's wanted to go a little bit deeper with me? Wave at me. There are 39 windings in this sitzit, in this wing. 39 windings. And I've taught you before that Hebrew letters have numeric value. In other words... We have a set of symbols for letters, and we have a set of symbols for numbers. But the Hebrew language written, the, the letters and the numbers are interchangeable. So that means that every word that you write has a numeric value because the letters also uh, double as numbers. And the numeric value for the, for the Hebrew word, the Lord is one, it is found in these 39 windings. That the, in other words, when you want to reveal the numeric value for the phrase the Lord is one, it is found in the name or in the letter or in the words or in the numbers. It is found in this adding up of the value of these letters. And what it does here, it speaks of the unity of God. The Lord is one. It speaks of the unity of the Godhead. And when we pray, see, we need to come not divided. We need to come not divided against our brothers and our sisters. We need to come not in warfare or discord. We need to pray from a place where we say, you know what, we may not agree on everything, but we're not going to be divided. See, the truth is, I don't have to agree with you on every issue to be your brother or be your sister. I don't have to agree with you on every issue. The enemy wants to make us divided. The enemy wants us to cause us to be divided. There are 39 windings. And understand that the Lord is one. The Hebrew value, the numeric value, it speaks to us and reminds us that we need to be in unity. But watch this, there are 39 windings. There are 39 wrappings in this zit-zit. And the Bible says that Jesus received 39 stripes 
on his back. And it tells us that when we pray, we ought to pray for healing. And we ought to believe that every single stripe that was placed on the back of Jesus was placed there for my healing. I've come to raise the trumpet in Zion and I've come to ring hell's bells and let every devil know, let every disease know, let COVID-19 know, let cancer know, let diabetes know that with his stripes we are healed. Do you think it's an accident that this was wrapped 39 times and Jesus received 39 stripes? I'm telling you, when you pray, you need to expect God to heal. If you believe he's a healer, make a little noise in the room right now. So, what's this? 39 windings, five knots, four spaces, all this points to God's Word. It points to unity. It points to His healing power. But let's give some examples of when we see the prayer shawl, the talith being released or used in the Old Testament. The talith or prayer shawl is most likely what Elijah dropped out of heaven to Elijah when Elijah was taken up. Do you remember the story when Elisha followed Elijah and said, don't you leave until you release a double portion of what you've got? And Elijah is taken into heaven, but before he was completely gone, he dropped his mantle. We think of it as just a mantle or a cloak, but Hebrew scholars say that it was most likely his prayer shawl. Elijah had saturated that prayer shawl with his prayers to God. It was that prayer shawl that he had worn when he took on the prophets of Baal and called down fire from heaven. He dropped a mantle that had been covered in prayer. And when Elisha received it, he took that prayer shawl and he walked to the river Jordan and he said, where is the God of Elijah? He didn't say, where is Elijah? He said, where is Elijah's God? And he took that mantle and he shook that water and that water started backing up and he walked across on dry ground. This is why, young person, this is why, brothers and sisters, you can't just sit under cool ministry. You just can't sit under good leadership. You gotta sit under mantled ministry. You gotta sit under ministry that when it drops on you, you receive something powerful. I don't have time just to hang out with folk now who just wanna leave me in a good moment, who just wanna show me something cool, who wanna tell me how to get social media followers. No, baby, put me underneath something that when it drops on me, there is a mantle of power that will part the waters of sickness and part the waters of trouble. Somebody make a little noise if you want to sit under mantle ministry. That's why it's so important as young preachers and young leaders, young people of ministry, Make sure that what you sit under has a mantle. Come on, somebody. Now, watch this. Even today, Jewish weddings are often performed underneath a prayer shawl, held up by four poles. This dates all the way back. Do you remember the story of Ruth and Boaz? Do you remember that Ruth was an adulteress? 
She came from Moab. Her husband had died. Her brother-in-law had died. Her father-in-law had died. She comes back to Bethlehem, and her life is wrecked. And she goes, she tells her mother to the corners of the field because she's going to reap enough to just survive. But while she's there, she meets Boaz, and Boaz is her kinsman's redeemer. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. And Boaz said, hey, Ruth, don't even stay in the corners of the field because the corners of the field were for beggars. It was the beggar's portion. She was supposed to just glean enough for life and survival. But Boaz, the Lord of the harvest, the heir of all things, come on somebody, the kinsman redeemer, looked at her and said, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. Let her get in a lane that she has no right to be in. Let her get somewhere where she has no right to be. And then he tells his harvesters, he said, while you're at it, every once in a while, drop a handful on purpose. Get it from the beggar's portion. Get it from the survival portion. Put it in a lane that she ought not be in and let her trip over a blessing. Let her trip. Or you can sit out there and say, Pastor, every blessing I got, I fasted it in. I prayed it in. I believed it in. I could. Liar, liar, pants on fire. There are some things you got you didn't pray it in. You didn't confess it in. You didn't fast it in. You just tripped over it because the Lord of the harvest said, I want to bless you. It affected Ruth so much that night when she found out that he was her kinsman redeemer. She went to the threshing floor and laid beside him. And, and it, it startled Boaz and he said, who is it? And Ruth said, it's your girl. <laughs> it is Ruth. You are a near kinsman redeemer. Take the corner. The wing of your robe and pull it over me. She said, Put me under your wing. She said, Come on, he had his prayer shawl on. She, she said, My life is broken. My life is jacked up. I've lost everything, but you are my kinsman redeemer. So take your wing and place it over me. Let me get under your, your come on now. Let me get under your provision. Let me get under your power. Let me get under your, your, your supply. How many of you can say, God? God, put me underneath your wing. Let me get, let me get underneath your healing. Let me get underneath your breakthrough. Let me get underneath your peace. Make a little bit of noise if you want to get underneath his wing. What Ruth was literally saying to Boaz was, take me under your wing. Because the Hebrew word translated corner is also translated wing 76 times. So she said, put me under your prayer shawl. Put me under your wing. If I can get under your wing, Ruth said, everything is going to be all right. Where is the church that wants to get underneath the wing of the Lord? Where is the church that would say, put me under your wing? Because, Lord, if you put us under your wing, everything will be all right. Now, what a wonderful heritage Israel had. But if you study they wasted it. By the end of the Old Testament, they had only recently returned from a 70-year captivity in Babylon, and they'd been gloriously set free. But they'd already started backsliding again. And it was in this moment that Malachi, the last prophet, 
he writes to Israel and offers them a way out and a way out. He offers them a chance to avoid destruction and he releases hope. And he said, the Lord of heaven's army says, the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On the day, uh, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for those of you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Now, in the very last chapter of the Old Testament, it's fitting that the sun should begin to break through the clouds. And God said, if you'll do the right thing, uh, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. But Israel rejected this opportunity. And for 400 years, they were barren. They had a long, barren period of 400 silent years with no prophetic voice from Malachi to Matthew. The heavens were brass. It was dark. It was quiet. See, see, nothing is heard. Nothing more is heard from Malachi's prophecy for centuries until three of the gospel writers record the story of one person who puts the puzzle together. There's one person who understands what's going on. It's not a religious scholar. It's not a popular leader. It's not a king or a priest. It's a little woman, a little woman with an issue of blood who grasped what everybody else had missed. She recognized that the son of righteousness was in her midst. And the Bible said, and a woman having an issue of blood, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the corners. Come on, the wings of his garment, of his prayer shawl, and immediately her issue of blood stopped. Why did she touch his sitsit? Why did she touch his tassels? She touched it because it was the most precious part. It was the holiest part. It represented the commandments and promises of God. She remembered the promise that there would be one, a son of righteousness, who would rise with healing in his wings. She touched his wings. She touched the holiest part of his garment, the holiest part of who he was. No wonder she came up behind him. Nor Normally the impure person would, would defile the pure, but in this case the opposite happened. She was impure. She was unclean. What should have happened was this. That that was unclean in her should have gotten unclean in Jesus, and that that was wrong in her should have gotten wrong in Jesus. But all the day that she touched the Son of Righteousness who had healing in his wings, her impurity didn't go to him, but his purity came to her. What was wrong in her didn't get wrong in him but what was right in him got right in her come on somebody I dare you to give the Lord a praise if you hear what I'm talking about today Jesus was interrupted by this woman with an issue of blood and it was considered a terrible unclean unrighteous thing for a woman with an issue of blood to touch you you would be defiled but she Jesus was not defiled he cleansed her but then Jesus remember now he's on his way to Jairus's house he's going to raise a daughter who had died from death died and he's going to raise her from the dead now don't miss this the 
only thing worse than dealing with a woman who was unclean who would touch him, the only thing worse than that was to touch a dead body in the eyes of Jewish people. So Jesus walks in to this place where this little girl has died. And the Bible says that he took the little girl by the hand. Don't miss this. This is called the talith. Are you ready? He takes her by the hand and says, Talitha Kuma, which is being interpreted daughter arise. She's dead. She ain't sick. You don't get any sicker than dead. But all three gospel writers record that these two miracles, are, they record them together. Why? Because of the, of the Talith. Now tradition has called Jairus' daughter Tabitha, but the word really calls her Talith. When Jesus reached out his hands to heal her, he was saying, little girl, little dead girl, little dead girl who is under my wings, Come get underneath my covenant. Come get underneath my wings. Come get underneath my promises. Come get underneath my tabernacle. Little girl, Talitha Kumai, I've got to pray. Daughter, arise. I dare somebody right now who believes that he is a healer, who believes that he can raise the dead. Give him a mighty praise in the house right now. Huh. Can you imagine? He walks in there wearing his prayer shawl. And he said, Talitha Kuma, little girl, get under my wings. Little girl, get under my power. Little girl, get under my authority. I need to tell somebody right now, maybe you've been worried, but get under his wings. Maybe the devil's trying to defeat you, but get under his wings. Maybe you've been sick, but get under his wings. Maybe you got children who are dead in their sins, but put him under his wings. Somebody give God praise if you believe there's power under his wings this little this this little woman started something this little woman so affected the atmosphere that she started something and the bible said that the sick begged him to let them touch even the fringe even the wings of his robe and all who touched him were healed once they realized, my God, that woman just touched his wings. She got under his wings and she got healed. See, when that woman touched Jesus, it stopped him cold. She got his attention. You know why? Because Jesus said, somebody touched me. His disciples said, Master, the multitude throngs you and presses against you, and you're saying, who touched you? Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue, healing has gone out of me. He said, somebody realized who I was. Somebody realized that I am the son of righteousness uh, with healing in my wings. Somebody believed that he could do what his word said he would do, and they got an answer. I come this morning to ask somebody in the house, to ask somebody on live stream, do you believe in his word? Do you believe that he can do what he said he would do? Make a little noise if you believe that today. Goes without saying that we live in a sick world. 
It goes without saying that our world needs healing. It goes without saying that sometimes living righteously for God in a sinful world is not easy. It goes without saying, y'all, that we are dealing with temptations and trials and tests and troubles, and the battle can become weary quickly. It goes without saying that you and I both have experienced a lot of days when the easy thing to do would be to give up, but we cannot, not now, not in the midst of COVID-19, not in the midst when the world is going crazy. This woman said, you know what? I can't touch him. I, I can't really touch him, but if I can touch his wings. See, see, she said, if I can't touch him, if I can touch what's been touching him. I, I can't touch him, but if I can touch what's been touching him, if I can get close to what's been close to him, if I can touch his wings. Now, I submit something to you. I know this is going to be too much for religious folks, but I submit this to you. As the church of Jesus Christ, you and I are his wings. Yeah, Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And we're living in a world where most people can't touch Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They don't know how to encounter Jesus. They don't know how to worship. They don't know how to pray. They don't believe the Word. They don't have, they've never encountered the Word. They don't really understand that the Word has power. They don't understand the power that's in the name of Jesus. They don't understand the power when you pray. They don't get that. They don't understand it. They'll never touch him that way. But we got to be his wings because the woman said, if I can't touch him, if I can touch what's been touching him. See, the truth is you need to get so close to Jesus that when they touch you, they have an encounter with him. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, I dare you right now. If you want to get so close to Jesus that if they touch you, they have an encounter with him. One, two, three, give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 I can't touch him, but if I can touch what's been touching him, I can be healed, I can be whole, I can be restored. The truth is, I'm a wingman. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a wingman. I'm a wing woman. I'm just a wing person. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that if this world finds healing, if this world finds hope, it's not going to happen through the Democratic Party. It's not going to happen through the Republican Party. It's not going to happen through the independence. But there is a name that is above every name. And it is a name that the church adores. It is a name that the church exalts. And it will be the church that heals the land. How many of you can say, I want to get close? I want to get close to him. That's so when people encounter me, they encounter him. I dare you to give God praise right now. Oh, are there any wing people? Do I have any wing people? Are there any wing people over here? Are there any wing people at home? Are there any wing people in the house? I want to hear from the wing people. Do I have some wing pastors? Do I have some wing worshipers? Do I have some wing leaders? Put me close to it. Let me get so close to it that if they encounter me, they meet the healer. That if they encounter me, they meet the way maker. But here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that much of the church in this season has gotten sick, divided, almost too broken 
to offer healing to the world. We've allowed the gospel to become so politicized and so commercialized. And much of the church has so demonized each other that the church is about as sick as the world. Many now are operating in excellence, but without anointing, without favor. They got good programs. They got good facilities. Come on. They look, they look good online. They just don't have any power. They are forfeiting God's anointing and favor. And they're losing their right to act as agents of healing on his behalf. Don't forget now, we're talking about wings. We're talking about the corners of his garment. Do you remember in 1 Samuel 24 that David slipped into the cave where Saul was hiding? And the Bible says that he cut the corners of Saul's garment, of his clothes, what he really cut was his zit-zit. What he really cut was his wings. He clipped his wings. And that's why David was so smitten in his conscience the next day and why Saul's kingdom would soon fall because Saul had already lost his anointing. He lost the touch of God that he started with. He had his wings clipped. And what David did in the natural was already had already happened in the spiritual. And, and this was being illustrated because the fact is Saul didn't have the anointing anymore. He didn't have the glory anymore. He wasn't trusting in the name anymore. He wasn't trusting in the word anymore. Saul had all the title but none of the power. He had his wings clipped naturally and spiritually. And I believe that he must have realized it because the next morning he said, and now behold, I know well that you shall surely be king, David. This is Saul talking to David. And the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. You say, Pastor, why are you telling me this? I'm telling you this because I believe that much of the church has had its wings clipped. I believe that much of the church is running in fear. And we can't be winged people until the Lord heals us. I want to be so close to Jesus, as I said, that if you have come into contact with me, you encounter him. I want this church to be his wings. I don't want us just to be a cool facility. I don't want us just to be a very cultured church that's got it going on. I want us to be a church that becomes his wings. But here's the deal. We can't heal the world until we're healed ourselves. And what we want to do nowadays is highlight everybody else's malady. We justify our own feelings. We justify our own agendas. We justify our own attitudes while diagnosing everybody else's disorders while diagnosis everybody else's diseases but the Bible said physician heal thyself you're trying to tell everybody else what's wrong with them God said you need to get underneath my healing and get underneath my wings because here's the truth the church is his wings and if he can heal the wings he can heal the world His wings are not the corners of a prayer shawl. His wings are the church. You are his wings.
But too much of the church has had its wings clipped. And now the church is as divided as the world. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm going to tell you, that's not an easy message to preach, but I'm going to preach it again. Hallelujah. Because it's a word for the hour. Much of the church has had its wings clipped. And the church now, in many instances, are as divided as the world. I watch people sit around and fuss with each other, Christian people acting crazy online. We've forgotten the things that bind us together. Five knots, God's Word. You know why I can get with you? Because we believe that same Bible. Four spaces pointing to the name of Yahweh. You know why I can get with you? Because you're depending on the same name. Come on, somebody that I'm depending on. The numeric value for the Lord is one is 39, 39 windings, 39 stripes. In this time of COVID, we're depending on Jesus to heal us. Come on, somebody. mantled. Elijah drops a mantle on Elijah that had been prayed over, cried over, that had seen power, that had seen miracles, that had seen wonders. Ruth, broken, destroyed, distraught, starving, the Moabitess, literally translated the idol worshiper. She said, you're a kinsman redeemer. Put me under your wing. My life is broken. Put me under your wing. There's death in my family. Put me under your wing. I'm in a hard place. You're my kinsman redeemer. Put me under your wing. And right then and there, Ruth's life was changed forever. We've forgotten all the things that unite us as a church. God's Word, His name. He's all of our Redeemer, red, yellow, black, and white, Democrat, Republican, and Independent. We can't make it without Him. Four hundred year old prophecy. Four hundred years, Israel was dark, but a little woman, not a priest. Not a political leader, but a little desperate woman said, if I can't touch him, if I can touch what's touching him, I can be made whole. 
a dead child in a bed. Jesus walks in wearing his talith and says, Talitha Kuma, daughter, arise. Come out of your death and into my life. Get under my wings. We have so allowed the enemy to divide us as a nation and the work that he's done. He's trying to reduce the power and influence of the church. It's one thing for our nation to be divided, but the church of Jesus should never be divided. We can have different opinions. We can feel differently about things. But I see people online having warfare over wearing masks and not wearing masks. I see people online yelling and screaming at each other over wearing masks that you're, you're infringing on my rights. Well, you should wear a mask. Listen, we are in a place right now where the enemy is using everything he can to divide the church. But somewhere we've got to aim higher because everybody's not going to see it like you see it. Everybody's not going to interpret this moment like you interpret it. Everybody's not going to see it the way you see it. You've got to get over yourself and say, Lord, Teach me to aim higher. Teach me that I have more in common with my brothers and sisters than I do anybody else. Where is the church that would say, put us under your wings? I'm going to tell you this. America needs a church that knows how to be his wings because the truth is if he can heal the wings he can heal the world if he can heal the wings he can heal the world stop hating someone despising I'm going to unfriend him because he posted something I disagreed with. Grow up. Aim higher. You know what I've learned to do? Scroll right past it. I roll right past it. I don't have to get in there and fuss with you because I know at the end of the day I'm going to be in heaven with you. So I, come on somebody. There are, listen, there are so much that unites us. You remember that there are, the, that there are the five knots. There is the word of the Lord. How many of you in this room, you believe in God's word? Make a little noise if you believe in God's word. Come on, you at home. How many of you believe in the name? Come on, the four spaces. If you believe in the name, make a little noise right now. How many of you believe that we ought to be in unity? If you believe the Lord is one and his church needs to be one, make a little noise in the house. How many of you believe that 39 stripes declare that with his stripes we are healed? How many of you believe that there is healing under his wings? How many of you believe 
that if the world is going to be healed, it's going to take a healed church to do it. Stop diagnosing everybody else's malady. Stop diagnosing everybody else's problem. Stop diagnosing everybody else's issue and say, Lord, work on me and grow me up and let me stand for what matters. Let me stand for justice and righteousness and equality among people. Let me, let me fight battles that matter. But don't let me be divided from my brothers and sisters who believe the Bible that I believe, who are depending on the name that I'm depending on. Come on, somebody who understand, who understand that there's power in God's Word. Help me unite. Standing to your feet, everyone. Come, John. You know where healing is going to start? for our nation right here. It's not going to start at the White House or, the, or your house or my house. It's going to start in God's house. It's God's people coming together. But we got to come to a point where we can say, Lord, put me under your wings until you heal me and then make me your wings. This world needs a church that knows how to be his wings. If you want to be his wings, slip up your hands right now. Come on and worship the Lord. Sing, son. I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer, I trust in you. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Healing is here. Not out there, it's the church. Healing is here. It's in God's presence. Healing is here. Come on, raise your hands and say, and I receive it. Come on, if you want God to heal you, touch you, heal you.
I decree and declare that you are winged people. I decree and declare that you are the wings of the Lord. I declare that you, you carry healing when you walk out of here. I declare that because you have touched him, that when they touch you, they will encounter him. That even if they don't know the Bible, even if they don't go to church, even if they don't understand the power that's in the name of Jesus, that when they encounter you, they will encounter his wings. I bind the death and the discord that the enemy has tried to bring against the church. And I declare in faith that God is healing the wings. I declare in faith that the church will rise. I declare in faith that revival will come. And I declare that we will be the wings that God uses to bring revival to America. Now, if you receive that and you want to be his wings, I want you to give God a mighty praise right now. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.